Love you, Father. Oh, Rashirera, You're tuning in to singing tongues. Rivanda Mare, Aladrandrigarishkarandra, Vallavasuria. Set apart for your glory. Erasha Garia Olia Triskiria Sindrivas Gandrosoro Vandrimos Kidriara That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> wave upon 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 wave of God's glory from his throne. Ridramaru Sindriga Gorish Indiaresko. Vanama Zindriya Rukushki Vorisko Randarisko Rabokarate Shindrivur Mukuru Shiriare Onda Gondrare Guriaze Ermore Woo! There's an ocean of glory in this place. I can feel the waves going back and forth. <laughs> More, more, more. Everything getting washed. Washing your spirit. Washing your soul. Washing your body head to toes. God is washing you. Yeah. There's a basin. Before the temple, you are washed. What did the prophet say? Go and wash. 
What did Jesus Christ the Messiah, what did he say? He said, you are washed by the word that I have spoken to you. Be washed through and through, not one time constantly with a timeless living water, with an eternal living water, with the water that comes from God's throne. Let it wash you to the bone. There's a washing of everything that tunes in tonight. I've never felt the glory like this before. I feel like I'm in an ocean of brand new, never experienced before, never drunk, never sunk, never felt, never felt glory right now in this place. Let it wash the entire human race. <laughs> Every eye cleansed. Every tongue cleansed. You know, this living water that's here now in this place can wash your past, your mind, your memories, your debt. <laughs> it can wash any sin you have, known or unknown, all the way. Where does the water flow in the New Covenant? Lake of Fire, New Covenant, Dead Sea, which is the abyss under the earth. When you're washed, everything that can be washed <laughs> goes down into the Dead Sea. Just let it wash through you. You might not feel it. I really feel it tonight. We're not going to condemn you for not feeling it as sensitive as those who've been washed in the water of the Word for a long time because you've come to the water to drink. Revelation says those who are thirsty come and drink the living water of God and you will be clean and you will be washed. There is a fountain of Holy Spirit power. Reverential awe towards the Spirit, who is the water, and the source of the water, which is what? The Word of God. The Word. Washed in the water of the Word. Hallelujah. <laughs> For one, this water is terrible because they like where they're at. There's a people that are complacently satisfied that enjoy the measure of what they've taken from God in their lives. That's the lukewarm. The ones that are satisfied. The ones that are not thirsty. <laughs> How many of y'all know? They ain't watching tonight. They ain't thirsty. They don't even want to hear about it. They don't want to know about it. Just stop my ears up with snakes is what they do. After you're born again, when you stop listening to the voice of many waters, Jesus Christ, your bridegroom king, you choose snakes to stop up your senses and you get more and more calloused by clinging to snakes. Clinging to snakes and having serpents in your souls is a choice. Not God's choice, yours 
And you can choose to have them in you, which is believing a lie. Any area where you don't believe the exact same thing as Jesus Christ in the same manifestations of the same glory and the same quality of life and the same health and the same peace and the same joy and the same patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, temperance, every area in your life that is not exactly the same as the King of Glory is an area God wants to scrub, baptize, wash, cleanse, heal, and justify, sanctify, and glorify that part of you tonight in the light so there's no more night and no more fear, no more fright. He can do it if you judge him right. If you judge the water, saying, I don't need the water, I'm good with what I've experienced in church. I can sustain myself with what God has done in the past. Coming out of Egypt was enough for me. That's what they said. The Red Sea's enough. Salvation's enough. Believing on the name of Jesus, that's enough. Believing the Bible is inerrant scripture, God's very word, that's enough. Red Sea, reality. How many of y'all know that ain't promised land? That's salvation land. You need that. You need to be saved. Don't stick around the Red Sea. How many of y'all know the ones that stuck around the Red Sea all died by snakes? 99% of Christianity right there, right now. You're only supposed to be there a couple minutes. People hang out there for 500 years of denominations. You notice that? <laughs> there are denominations for 300, 400, 500 years that have never left the Red Sea. Don't tell me it's okay. It's not okay. You need to go into the promised land. God's commandment through his apostles and prophets has always been go deeper, go further, don't settle. There's more. You never taste it, you never heard it, you never experienced it. Why are you not making progress in that direction? What snake is in your senses lying to you and why are you listening to the devil? Hello? Why are you listening to serpents when the voice of God comes through sanctified men and women? You know it's true. God's word, God's voice, God's river, God's ability, His spirit, His blood, His water are with us. And if you're consecrated by the Holy Word and the presence of the glory of the Word of God, you will become an oracle for the voice of the Father's throne and ambassador of God the Father in the earth. Will they listen? The Word of God don't return void. It don't matter. Moses spoke on the mountain and the Bible says in the Song of Moses, Revelation 15, the overcomer's song, that it goes down like rain upon tender mown grass and the nations were the grass and the word was the clippers, the mower, the weed whacker. And it snapped, crackled, and popped 
everything in them that did not please Jesus, the word that came from the apostles' mouth on Sinai. Truth in here. How many of y'all know? It was not about Egypt. Red Sea's great. Can't get out of Egypt except through the blood. We know that. But it was believing the word on the mountain in the wilderness that led them to the word of the mountain in the promised land. Sinai to Zion. Zion is in the promised land. Sinai is the wilderness. You need them both because you ain't getting through the wilderness of sanctification, getting over yourself, stop judging yourself, looking at yourself, thinking about yourself, all the self, self, self of the IMs of Isaiah 14 of Satan that are in you by being a human being. The only way you get that out called sanctification is by hearing the word from the mountain that's in the wilderness. If you don't, You'll never go into the promised land. You'll never know Zion. You'll never know the mountain of the Lord. You'll never live in the Shekinah. God wants you to hear the word, believe it, and experience the sanctification in the wilderness necessary to go into the promised land and live in the fullness of the presence of His glory on the mountain of Zion. Zion is the final resting place. Zion is a mountain of the spirit of holiness that goes up, 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 up forever and ever and has no cap. Sinai has a cap. Zion, cap free. Zion is your open heavens. You can have a taste of it with Sinai, but Zion is the reality that Sinai prophesies, which means... Unless you're listening to Moses and Aaron. Now what what is Moses and Aaron in New Covenant Christianity, which is this extreme prophetic ministry, which means you're going to need wisdom to interpret everything around here. Read the Bible and just get baptized in the spirit of prophecy. You need a sapphire baptism to unravel these words, and they'll be unraveled in you because it's just filled with wine, of sapphire wine. And it will reveal to you the spiritual realities of the Word of God. You will be transported to Sinai. That's not a bad thing. Woo! That's a wonderful thing. Sinai is the place where the animal dies. The Bible tells you that. <laughs> so you got the first 11 chapters of Hebrews killing the animal with the new covenant Sinai. Cyanide poisoning. Uh -huh. Not the demon and the serpent's poisoning. God, as a sword of a high priest in his hand, cutting off the old, cutting out the iniquity in your belly, cutting out all the garbage and the roots of whatever nonsense, ancestral curses, word curses, witchcraft, sorcery, everything under the sun that the fallen angels have done to your spirit, your soul, your flesh, and your bloodline for the last 6,000 years. The law is for sin, it is written. I have not come to do away with the law, but to fulfill it, which means that now there's a fulfillment. You don't just die in the wilderness like before. You get the whole Sinai experience, which is New Covenant Moses. I'm not talking about going and following Leviticus now. I'm talking about following the spiritual wisdom of Moses on Sinai that is totally New Covenant.
Anyone that says that Moses is not New Covenant certainly hasn't read the Bible. The New Testament, Jesus is the New Testament. He's the New Covenant body of Jesus Christ. He went up into the mountain and encountered Moses and Elijah, and from the glory cloud of the manifest Shekinah presence, the Father spoke from the bright cloud. It's New Covenant Christianity, Revelation 15, the last book of the Bible, written like 30 years later than all Paul's epistles, says that the overcomers are singing the song of Moses, and Moses is standing there in the promised land with Jesus Christ, on top of Zion, Jerusalem, New Covenant Promised Land's mountain. That tells me there is a people set apart that get into Moses for what he was spiritually, completely understanding everything he walked in to the depths of the spirit of Moses, the angel of Moses that visited the Messiah, Jesus Christ, on the Transfiguration Mountain before Peter, James, and John. You're going to have that. I really believe that taste of the glory is the Sinai of Peter, James, and John before they had their own Zion through their spirit. They had Jesus as their apostle. Hebrews 9.11 Jesus Christ, their apostle, your apostle. If you're a Christian, you have an apostle all the time. You're under an apostle whether you like it or not. You're going to be for a very long time, the Bible says, until you're totally as perfect as Jesus is, which might take a very long time for this body of Christ. Don't think the apostle is going to be here a short while, the prophet's a short while. I believe we have another thousand years. <laughs> so you're stuck with us. And you're going to learn with us. You're going to go through the good, the bad, the ugly with us. And it's going to be awesome on the other side. Glory to glory forever. It's wonderful. So find a good company and grow in the glory of that company from glory to glory and understand as you grow in wisdom the unfolding of the word of God, the revealing and the revelation of the word which is Jesus Christ and all of his presence, all of his angels, all of his powers and abilities, his dominion, his might, his authority, his riches and his wisdom when it comes forth in the unraveling of all the scriptures in your life, you will have the same testimony as Jesus, which is the prophetic sapphire pavement that we walk upon. You're not going to have an individual testimony like you did in the wilderness and died. You're going to have a corporate testimony. A corporate testimony is when groups of people go into the promised land and begin to maintain the promises. Joshua and Caleb, I send you out two by two. They go into the ark house, seven by seven, two by two. You ain't gonna come into the promises alone. No lone rangers. Those days are so far over, you can't even imagine. There isn't even pioneering scripturally in the Bible alone. It's always two. Elijah had Elisha. Come on. Even Jesus had 12 the whole time. <laughs> He had a big family, if you read the Bible. <laughs> he'd go up and he'd be in the company of two. Him and his literal father, God, on the mountain. <laughs> he'd go up to the mountain. He was always in covenant. He was always in twos. Oh, yes. And so shall you be. 
If you have a dark night, the dark night is over. You're yoked to a company by God's will and by the angels of his presence. Now be purified, and all the junk you picked up along the way, all the teachings of the earthly dimension of the valley of the shadow of death, they will fall off you. There is healing like a flood in this place. Receive as much as you want. Drink as much as you want. This is the pure sapphire waters of heaven. It's flowing down today from God above. <laughs> Amen. You're going up and something's always coming down. The Bible tells you the Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit's always coming down. Revelation 22 from the Lord Jesus Christ's crown until this earth is without a frown and every knee bow down and every tongue confess that we have drunk the best and every tear wiped away as the glory blows today amen <laughs> amen Hear that? That's the sound of refreshment. Ezekiel, he said, I will send down showers of blessings. There shall be showers of refreshment. You guys been through something? You're not living in holes in the ground in caves. It's not as bad as all the prophets that came before you. But you've been through a lot in this great tribulation. This great tribulation that all y'all gone through and continue to go through until you're made per perfect in your faith. This great tribulation has been stressful. The demons are all lying to you. Very few people have found a stairway in the sky to escape, to live in paradise, to live in the living water. Very few have sanctified themselves to be pure amidst the total depravity and defilement of all the lust of this generation, of all the pornography and lewd images of naked bodies that people pass into their eyes and die. Very few have consecrated their senses to be holy in the Word of God. But the ones that have are living in the glory. Come on. You know, there's always been a remnant living in the glory. There's always been people stewarding and holding on to the flame of God's presence ever since Adam. You know, his body was the residue of the glory of God. All the first fathers, Adam through Enoch to Noah, they had Adam's body. Why? Because it was a temple of the fullness of God's glory and there was still glory pouring out of it. A body of Christ? Well, if Jesus Christ is the second Adam, what was the first Adam? Luke's Gospel tells you, the Son of God. <laughs> and even though His Spirit wasn't in there, it was still God pouring out of His body. Now, you don't want to do that in a new covenant. Don't keep cadavers around your house. You're now that body. Amen? You are now the body 
of Christ and it ain't dead. It's in the ark. They had to do a lot of wild stuff in the Old Testament. That's why it takes great wisdom to understand it. We don't start out brand new believers in Leviticus and then turn them into total freaking Pharisees. You know, it's great wisdom to interpret the Old Testament because it's only profitable for wisdom, Scripture says. And there is wisdom in there that will make your mind spin like Elijah's whirlwind from glory to glory through the heavens forever. It's an endless discovery of the Word of God and you will have to go through all the prophets and you will have to go through Moses just like everyone else who's ever grown up in Christ. And you'll be like the prophets, holy like the prophets, prophetic and wise like the prophets, great wisdom like Moses. And you will be comfortable in conversation amongst the first fathers. You realize what kind of wisdom you're going to need to hang out with Jared? to hang out with Enoch, to hang out with Mahalalel and Kenan and Enosh and Seth and Shem and Adam and Eve. <laughs> These men and women literally lived 800, 900, almost a thousand years. That's a lot of rotations of the sun through their breastplates of righteousness. That's a lot of passing of light and splendor through their spirit, soul, and body to live that long. That's a lot of glory. That's a lot of light. Now, you know you run on light. You might not, but you're a light being. You know that? Scientists have discovered your blood is congealed light. You're already a light being. It just ain't bright enough. What makes you brighter? The Word. That's why there's such a consecration in the Word because it's about going from Brightness to brightness, light to light, which is glory to glory, Shekinah to Shekinah. You can only be as bright as you believe the Bible. You know that? That's your current cap. That's why people that don't read the Bible, I can't even associate with you if there's no hunger. You have no desire to even grow in light. <laughs> you, you're full of worldliness, you're interested in boys and girls and drugs and alcohol and making money, doing earthly worthless things. There's zero inter interest in things of wisdom, which is things of the eternal realms of God. As soon as you get wise and get all the folly burnt out of you, what did David say? Lord, forgive the folly of my youth. When you get over your stupidity of being a child, acting like a child, and you grow up and become a man of light, which is developing your inner man, your spirit, and you're done with soulishness, you're done with carnality, and you're now investing all of your time and resources and lives into the eternal part of you. How many of y'all know that's called the reverence and the fear of the Lord, the beginning of wisdom? And some of you are there, other ones are just figuring it out. You're all at different places. Our job is to expose how every else everything else in this world is a total fraudulent lie a scam and a thief of your time resources and everything until you get into wisdom i mean until you get into god's wisdom the word of god's wisdom the fear of the lord wisdom the development of the eternal part of you you have literally chosen madness and foolishness of demons against a holy loving God there's nothing 
the prophets or apostles can do for you, you love sin. You love your sins. You love the world. Anyone who loves the world is no friend of Jesus. You're not a friend of Jesus. You're out there being worldly, have no interest in the eternal things of God. So you're handed over by your own sins to the destruction of your flesh. Maybe then you'll get real, get hungry for righteousness and stop whoring your souls to spirits of lust and fornication and religious spirits and pride spirits and all kinds of evil spirits and demons of the fathering of Cain and what is Cain's father? The Satans. Boils down to two groups of people on this earth. Only two. Cain and his race whose father is all the fallen angels and whose offspring are all the demons and evil spirits. Truth anyhow. Totally biblical teaching. Read the Bible. And Seth. Amen? Enosh and Kenan and Mahalalel and Jared and Enoch. And the first families were completely... This is what the flood solidified. Two seed lines in the garden. Satan and his seed through Cain. And Adam and Eve and Seth and their seed line, which was promised to be the Messiah, to be Messianic. So God told Eve in the garden, the Messiah is already in you, woman. Hello? That's what God said in the Bible. Salvation is already in you. And your heel, so that means it's inside her, it'll come forth through her spirit, through her soul, and through her flesh, that her seed, Hebrew word seed, would crush the head of the Satans, crush the head of the devil that led them down away from the Shekinah glory of God that seared their conscience through sinning and disobeying God's word. They seared their conscience because they disobeyed the commandment of the Father that was spoken audibly to them. How does a Christian sear their conscience after they're born again? By listening to the holy word, the prophetic word, the apostolic word of the Shekinah glory and not obeying it. That's the vast majority that we've seen thus far and it's not my fault. I am completely clean of all these souls. Almost every single person I have gone out of my way for to be absolutely successful in eternal things, but they would not obey the word of God to their own destruction. Because this is the generation of iniquity. But if you cease from iniquity, you're the generation of righteousness. You feel that? That thing just got judged. Yeah. <laughs> You don't have to practice iniquity. You don't have to disobey the holy commandment, the voice of the wilderness, which is the word of God on Sinai. Come on now. We meet you where you're at. From the mountain doesn't mean we come down. We're on the mountaintops. Elijah went from mountaintop to mountaintop. You know what that is? Zion to Sinai to help the nation. What did he do? Go, doing, doing good. Going around doing good. Destroying the works of the devil. The anointing does the same thing every generation. Advances God's agenda for goodness. Destroys the devil's agenda for badness. Been the same every generation. 
Devil's always doing bad. God's always doing good. Nahum 1 7, the Bible says, God is good all the time. Amen. That's his nature. He never changes. The issue is you got serious enemies. We have serious ignorance. The enemies are always sowing seeds. The Bible tells you weeds growing up everywhere. As soon as the good word came, the bad word of all kinds of foul birds came and sowed lies and seeds of the father of lies to corrupt everything God has ever said to you. You are always being attacked by lies until the truth matures in you and burns it up like a holy flame. I make my ministers flames of fire. Why? So that no word of the evil one can take root in their spirit, soul, or flesh. If it's in your flesh, it could cause sickness, disease, and accidents. If it's in your spirit, it could tw twist you into iniquity. If it's in your soul, it can pervert your feelings and emotions. The seed of the enemy is lies. The father of lies, Satan is his name. And he's got millions of evil spirits, millions of demons, and millions of fallen angels in the heavens. So you are at war from birth. The issue is getting closer and closer to Jesus, learning his ways, being like John the Beloved, leaning your head on the heart of God, listening and obeying to his heartbeat. Which is speaking right now. Walk with me closer. Come closer Moses you see the flame you see the fire you see the signs and wonders you see the Shekinah you watch a small group of people a remnant practicing the presence of God living in righteousness and holiness and obedience the radical ones that are here living from mountaintop Elijah company in this place you watch online God saying to you come closer not move to Minneapolis it doesn't mean come to Joel's bar. It means right now in the presence of his glory, move your soul and your moral mental attitude closer into the bloodstream of Jesus to hear what the blood's speaking. A better word. A greater glory. More presence. More power. More sanctification. More holiness. More righteousness. And much, much more wisdom. This is the time of the Magi, the time of the wise men and wise women. Whew. Apostle John said, let he who has great wisdom interpret this. What? 666. Interpret, where's it written? The forehead, the mind of man. So you can't understand Jack Diddley's squat down here unless you have great wisdom. And I referenced the first mention of great wisdom guess what it refers to the first family of first fathers that obeyed god on the holy mountain and did not descend and participate with the offspring of cain that practiced gross adultery on a level you can't eat. they started polygamy they started religions idolatry they were so deep into the works of the fallen angels they got so messed up with Satan and his angels, they themselves became demons, physically. And many of them are conjured by sorcerers to this day as mothers and fathers of demons and devils and evil spirits and, and diseases. Many of them fathered sicknesses, diseases, diseases, all the addictions, the mental illness, the schizophrenia, the bipolar, all of it has its source in Cain's family. And Cain's bloodlines, 
and Cain's got to be terminated in your spirit, soul, mind, and flesh, and you will be healed as all that has come forth through Cain and his fathers and his offspring is burnt away in you by the angels of the word of God ministering the fire of Sinai upon you tonight. No, you know, I know you can hear people say, what about Zion? Sinai tonight. Where were the snakes? There's no snakes in Zion. Read the Bible. All the snakes, the lies, the problems, the immorality, the lust, everything you deal with that's still Egypt, the earthly, hanging off of you tonight is terminated by Sinai. Sinai is the purification, consecration to cross the Jordan, to live in the holy mountain. You're already holy. The reason why you don't even know what Zion is and you just have theology about it is because you haven't dealt with Sinai upon your serpents. What is serpent? The Bible tells you everything involving Cain, Cain's fathers, which are all the fallen angels, and Cain's sons and daughters, which are all the demons and evil spirits in the whole world. Truth anyhow. When you deal with that, when you allow the Word of God to judge that stuff so severely, yes, it dies in you. It dies every death. It's going to burn through your soul, your flesh, your bones, your marrow, your brains, your heart, your blood, your organs. It's going to burn through your bowels. It's going to burn through your entire spirit, head to toes. There will be a progressive cleansing and healing and clarity and purity every day that you're listening and obeying the word from the mountain in the wilderness. That's the Elijah that speaks in the wilderness, also known as Aaron. Yeah, you got to listen to the prophets to get into the promised land. You'll never go in design. You'll never understand Moses looking out into the promised land. And knowing that's the inheritance of all his word into all his people down below. Moses was the father of Israel, if you read the Bible. He imparted into his people, he interceded for his people perfectly. There is so much perfection in Moses. Now, he wasn't perfect in every way. He was meant to speak to the rock instead of strike it. And the same striking of the rock that Moses performed, how many of y'all know that's how he died? <laughs> the disobedience to the word disqualified him. That's how severe it was. <laughs> Obedience to the word, there's a place, listen, you can never disobey, but there's a place where you're so high in the Lord that disobedience will cost you your life. How do pastors and apostles and prophets die? Only by disobedience. You think every prophet and pastor, teacher, evangelist, apostle that's come before you been perfect? Not even close. Not, I mean, our idea of perfection down here is human. God's idea of perfection is himself. He expects you to be like him because he sends you his word and his spirit constantly to transform to be like him it's not unreasonable for God to request of us perfection it's actually a perfect standard and anything less than that would be absurd 
because God gives us himself. Therefore, if we're not acting like him, we have chosen other gods to obey. And from those gods, you will reap when you serve them through your actions. Truth in here. And you can't just plead the blood and say, sorry, sorry, sorry. That ain't repentance. You can't just confess sin and expect to be forgiven. There has to be a change of moral, mental attitude and behavior into the obedience of the commandment. And by commandment, it's a fancy word for the word of God. Jesus Christ said in the red letters, if you love me, you obey my commandments. He used the word commandments because he was the one instructing Moses on Sinai face to face with God, creator of heaven and earth. Amen. Now, as the word of God's formed in you, you're face to face with God all the time. Every time you look into the mirror of the word, you're face to face with God. Do you know that? But if you don't believe the word, it's just sealed, sealed by your unbelief. Sealed by your lack of faith in the word is why that letter hasn't leapt off the pages to be the Lamb's book of life into your eyes flashing like fire. You have fake faith. You have demon level faith. God wants you to have working faith with energy, power, dominion, might, authority over elements, molecules, atoms. He wants you to live in a cloud of his ability. He expects the same manifestations out of you that came out of Jesus Christ and it's reasonable and it's not too hard it's actually easy and light if you enter like a child stay like a child always stay a child which means student teachable clay in the potter's hands if he tells me something new and wild I'm not gonna be stubborn and resistant like all these workers of iniquity out here that are smarter than the Holy Spirit every day <laughs> Zero reverence for the apostolic in the USA. About zero. A lot of reverence for the false apostolic. Or the church age apostolic, which is pretty much entirely false. Truth anyhow. But for the kingdom age apostolic of the true manifestation of what Moses truly walked in on the mountaintop. About zero reverence right now on the earth. Because we are entirely backslidden down here. And you've been taught iniquity instead of righteousness in every pulpit in the USA. Truth anyhow. Now, how can you say such a bold statement? Because their teachings are under the sun. Because their teachings are not above the sun. Now, Enoch lived above the sun, the Bible says. He lived in the path of lightnings and walked in the luminaries and their law and all of their light was passing through him. And the Bible says that was being with the angels. And the Bible says in Luke chapter 20, there will be a people that walk like Enoch that will be with the angels. We're that people. You can see how much they disagree. You can see how much they don't believe that word for themselves. They certainly don't believe that Red Letter Ministries is the only ones walking in it. They're all endure doing their own thing which is the definition of iniquity and they have no reverence to what the mountains doing they come in as teachers instead of students the ones that come in as students they do pretty good don't they because they come in like little children i'm still a little child i will always be a young child a little child of my father in heaven just like jesus christ 
Amen. Why? What does that do? Perfect humility, piousness, so that the meekness can inherit the earth. Through what? Learning the Father's ways above what we've been taught in the church age. Kingdom age teaching so trumps church age teaching that it appears to those who have learned the church age teachings that it's almost a different religion, but it's actually a greater communication and a much more accurate teaching of the Word of God. But because you have all these teachings previously that have such a huge mixture of men and women and dirt and dust in them, which is totally accurate, in every generation's previous teaching, there is measurements of dirt and dust. They taught us in Teen Challenge, you are going to have to eat the meat and spit out the bones because you are dealing with men and women that are flawed. How many y'all know Moses in the mountain deals with the flaws? The Bible tells you, Deuteronomy 34, there was no flaws in his face. No wrinkle, no blemish. The same description of revelation of the bride without spot and wrinkle, which means there's no more flaws. When we obey Revelation 4.1 4, and come up here, our teaching is no longer human at all. It's entirely divine and angelic. And if it's rejected, swift certain destruction comes upon the hearers as you've witnessed in red letter ministries the last 17 years truth anyhow we don't rejoice over anyone's destruction it's just normal judgment for those that hear god's literal voice and if god's literal voice is not heard in your christianity you're not christians yet because you should all hear the voice of God my sheep hear my voice and they obey so there's a lot of people here that are not sheep is it you part of you is not sheep doesn't obey what is that wolf goat catch me little foxes spoiling the vineyard all kinds of animal forms shadows demons evil spirits the seed line of Cain working in you all the stuff that's callous that disobeys that contradicts that lusts, that's prideful with knowledge, that compares and is jealous. Satan was jealous of Adam. That's why he fell. Truth in you, <laughs> the fallen angels were jealous of a man of light, a man of glory, that was blessed out of his mind by the Father who rejoiced in blessing his sons extravagantly. And the more extravagant God the Father was with Adam, the crazier one-third of the angels got. And that's the same with anyone that walks in the way of Jesus Christ. You see it in this ministry. The more blessed I get, the crazier my enemies get against me. You've seen it for 17 years on the public stage, and that's how it always is. The more closely you walk with God, the more God rejoices in delighting in you with extravagant blessings. Blessings that you could never add to yourself, that you could never obtain by the sweat of your brow or the work of your hand or the toil of the soil, but it comes from God. What comes from God is what drives the devils crazy. And people that are involved with devils get driven crazy with the devils when they look at those walking closely with God getting blessed every day. What does Paul say? I magnify my ministry to make the Jews jealous. That I get so blessed in the Shekinah glory cloud that they've been cut off from. 
that they'd want to join Messiah Jesus Christ and stop serving that Old Testament religion. Truth in here. We want New Testament, New Covenant religion. A good religion of practicing the Word of God in the fullness of the presence of His glory. And from the cloud the voice speaks, which is the ministry of the New Covenant. And the Father spoke from the bright cloud, and you will learn to speak out of a cloud that will form first the size of a man's fist right in your belly. Amen. You're a temple of glory. Solomon's temple filled with glory by the animal sacrifice. The priests can no longer minister by reason of the cloud. It is written, You are a greater temple of a greater glory. The glory of the latter house shall be greater than the former. It is written. How great is God's glory in you to the exact measure that you've obeyed the word spoken from the cloud. And the cloud speaking to you right now. And the cloud speaks, cloud by day, fire by night. There are men and women on fire for God, living for the glory, going from glory to glory that are talking to you right now, that want you to be successful in the kingdom of heaven, that want the cloud and the fire of Jesus Christ's word and presence to be fully formed on the inside of you. So the invisible part of you becomes the manifest, visible, Shekinah, glory cloud of you. You. You're children of glory. Bible calls you children of light, of the father of lights. You are lights being fathered. Any other identification is a misnomer. It's an identity crisis. Like... People chopping off their boobs to become boys when they're seven years old. It's wild out there. Obviously, those people are not living in the glory. <laughs> oh, man. They had these pictures of the kids sex changing on Twitter. I mean, it's... I don't know what's going on out there, but it's pretty ugly. I'm telling you now, the identity crisis in the church is equal. You can easily look at the pagans out there and they're crazy serving demons and cane seed line because all, devil, all devils are insane. So you can expect that behavior from people fathered by fallen angels. I mean, come on, duh. Now, what's crazy is Christians are fathered by fallen angels. And the fathering of the cloud and the fathering of the pillar of fire is still strange. I know there's a remnant that like the glory, like the fire. We need to get Father to be brighter lights. God's calling you to come closer to His glory. The bush was burning and the voice said, come closer. And He approached. He got so close that that fire began to form inside His body so there was no spot and wrinkle on His face at 120 years old. Deuteronomy 34. No wrinkle, no spot on the face of the countenance of the apostle the apostle he wasn't perfect he struck the rock so he got struck but how many y'all know he's working in the new testament perfectly yeah. and elijah's working in the new covenant perfectly both men had flaws but they're working them out in the new covenant every day moses has done more work in the new covenant than he ever did in the old covenant Elijah has done a thousand times more work in the New Covenant than he ever did in the Old Covenant. 
You read about them in the Old Covenant, so you get wisdom, a little foundational stuff for what they do as angels. But now you're going to start working with them every day on the mountain. These are your mentors and tutors. These are your expounders of the word. Elijah and the, what does it say? Moses and the prophets. All the, the Moses and the prophets hang on this commandment, Jesus said. So what is Moses and the prophets? Jesus Christ, red letters, it is written. What is that? It's Moses and Elijah. <laughs> it's the tutorage, the mentorship of the cloud of witnesses that isn't for just super freaks. It's for every born-again believer. I mean, you ain't coming out of the dirt unless you're mentored by Moses and Elijah. We want to be mentored by men and women. You need to be mentored by angels. I mean, you're lost. You're not mentored, discipled by angels. You're not even in Christian religion. Your religion is some with the dead burying the dead. I mean, Zion is city of innumerable angels, and the angels are sent to us where we're at. And if we listen and obey the angels, Jesus followed the angels, and he called that following God in the Bible. If you read the book of Acts, Paul followed the angel, and they were saved and doing deliverance and ministry. What does the Bible say? Joseph followed the angel, and the angel said, take the boy and his mother into Egypt, for the king is going to kill all the children. It's the following of God's holy angels, not the unholy angels, which everyone does by default in animal form of unbelief. So you're already good at obeying fallen angels. You don't need any training in that. What you need training is obedience to the holy angels. They will be the angel-like sons of God. They're going to be with the angels. Enoch's with the angels. Enoch walked with God, Bible says, at 65 years old, 300 years, and he was not. Where was he? He learned to live as a spirit being, which is an angel, with the holy angels. Uriel, Gabriel, Michael, Raphael, Penuel, Penuel. All the holy angels of God become familiar with you when you get sanctified by believing and obeying the word. It's not super complicated. It is mystical because God's getting formed in you, so you're experiencing the genius of God the Father. But it ain't your genius. It's God getting formed in you by believing the Word. The Word is the DNA of God. The Word is the genetics of God. The Word is the world of God. God is so wise, so powerful, so righteous, so holy, that piece by piece, word by word, jot and tittle of the Holy Word go in, and if you obey that last word given to you from heaven, that daily bread, Tomorrow you're going to have a better feast. Tomorrow you're going to grow. But if you disobeyed and you just don't eat, guess what happens when you don't eat? You starve. And so if your spirit's starved, your head is locked out of spirit's ability and you're just plugged into the flesh going the wide path of destruction because of malnourishment of wisdom. That's why the fear of the Lord's beginning of wisdom It's beginning to develop the eternal part of you while you're on earth. And then you open up the heavens because you begin to value the eternal realm. Then you go up into them. The more you eat, the higher you ascend. The more you eat, the more your world is sanctified as above, so below it is written on earth as it is in heaven. You want a perfect heaven? Keep eating and obeying the last living thing the angel of the God I am spoke to you. And if you're not in a place of hearing clearly from God, it's because you need to read the Bible.
read it out loud all scripture is god breathed useful for teaching correction and training and righteousness that is written and if you read the word out loud listen this is the stronghold of my life in righteousness is the bible read manifest and obeyed that's all you have to do to go from glory to glory all the other super mystical stuff that you can't understand you'll understand later on as your spirit man grows in angelic intelligence and transforms your mind if you need to understand beforehand you'll never grow in god that's unbelief it's honoring darkness <laughs> you need to honor faith no one approaches god the bible says except through faith and god is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him which means no idols the word must be before your eyes meditated upon day and night the word is a lamp under your feet a light under your path it will reveal the way as you obey 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 every single day 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 and if you get into a rut get stuck and get into disobedience which will always lead to rebellion stubbornness pride idols bondage to some kind of altar it's money it's debt it's work it's lust it's pornography it's alcohol it's drugs there's a million stupid things that demons do to you when you stop making the word your god and you stop making the presence of the word your power and start living in your own power of your own animal instead of making the lord your god your power you'll always get into demons that's what sin is sin is not walking with god <laughs> so god commands repentance which is return and walk with the God who created you. He's not far from you. He might feel far because your sin has separated you from Him, but when you repent and confess your sin, He is faithful and just to forgive you of all your sin darkness, which is unrighteousness. And He will become closer than a brother. Come on now. He loves walking inside of you. Nothing pleasures Jesus, the Holy Spirit, or God the Father more than a person who's walking with Him. Walk with the Father in the coolness of the day. He'll take you right where you're at. Clean you up. How does He clean you up? Obey what He's telling you to do. How do you get cleaner and cleaner, higher and higher, brighter and brighter? Obey the Word. That's it. And he's given you energy in the word you heard to obey it. Every word that comes from God is filled with grace. Called the word of grace. It's not like you get some separate ointment or help me pray for me. No, God's already spoken to you. Now change your life by the word he's spoken to you. If you callous your heart and you just want people to feel bad for you, pity party. You know, you're looking for witchcraft. You have a people out here that seek iniquity, that seek witchcraft, and don't seek obedience. If you seek obedience, your whole life goes into order. If you seek obedience to the commandment of the mountain, your whole life gets healed. Your whole soul gets transformed. If you seek just quick fixes and pray for me, pray for me, pray for me, all the mess, there's no desire for obedience in your life. You're not willing to change behavior, attitude, thought life, any pattern in your life. You're not willing to give up addictions. You're not willing to change. You're fake. What you're looking for is witchcraft. God doesn't have it. 
What God has is a commandment on a holy mountain, and if you hear it and obey it, that word goes into you and transforms you. And if you keep hearing and keep obeying, you keep transforming from glory to glory to glory to glory until your brightness is like the bright morning star, the outrained brilliance of God the Father, and the exact replica of the light being, which is called the Son of God, which means now... You're as bright as the angel of the Lord, the word of God that made the heavens and the earth. That's the final resting place of faith. That's where you go in a promised land that's only produced through hearing and obeying. And obey obedience is hard, isn't it? Because you're filled with Satan. <laughs> That's why it's hard. I know, because I was totally filled with sin and Satan and disobedience. And I heard and obeyed, trusting the word over my nonsense. My belief systems were completely opposite of everything God believed. I believed in Darwinism. Age 18, zero faith in God. God progressively transformed me, my spirit, my soul, my mind, my body, every part of me, by hearing Him and changing my human garbage into his heavenly mansion, his heavenly gold, his heavenly gemstones, his heavenly belief systems, to the point where I have less earthly belief systems, and less each day as I press into the Word, believe the Word, live in the presence and the glory of the Word. It is transforming me at an accelerated rate. Why? Because the big strongholds of the dumb crap that human beings believe all of it is garbage. All of it burns. There's no truth in any of it. <laughs> you can't say there's goodness in man or woman. There's love in man and woman. There's truth in man and woman. God is the source of all good things. And it's a river, so you can't just cling to something yesterday. You need it fresh. Today is the day of salvation and hearing the word not hardening your hearts, which means you need it fresh. You need it right now in your moral, mental attitude of your heart Right now, there has to be a constant, continual repentance of softening to the Word. Otherwise, you turn back and you're not worthy. Which means there is always a constant, progressive transformation, either for light or for darkness. For every temple of every human body, of every man, woman, and child on this entire earth. Everyone's changing, y'all. Wide path of destruction is changing from darkness to darkness. Bright morning star, path of the spirit of resurrection, is changing you, which is the hardest narrow path because it completely contradicts all human existence. Because it's not human existence. It's angelic existence. That's why it's so intensely difficult for human beings to hear and obey a higher word from a higher mountain. They have no grid for that angelic reality, which means you're going to have to get hungry and thirsty to drink from a well of the Garden of Eden that you don't even have a clue about. But if you're desperate, you come and drink. The Spirit and the Bride of God the Father's glory say, come and drink some higher water that you never knew existed during the church age, during Toronto, during the Lakeland Revival, during the Drunken Glory movement, and we're going to come into a much more greater glory 
of the manifest sons of God of the kingdom age that's so other that even the drunken glory can't prepare you for it. It can't. You'll get prideful in that too and die and blaspheme. Truth in you. You're going to have to come like little children into every new thing God speaks to you. And what is the previous experience all about? Play in the potter's hands, staying meek, staying humble. If you get puffed up in any previous movement, you reject the future movement and you have not yet seen or heard perfection. But we're going there quickly and we're taking territory now. And we're beginning to unfold the Daniel chapter 12 teachings of righteousness that have never been told in any generation before this one like this. Enoch even said, there's no one in my generation that can listen to this book. You know that? He says, this book is for a far off and remote generation that actually can understand the book of Enoch. 2012, God gave me the book of Enoch. I understood a little bit of it. Most of it frustrated me. It was so complex, so mystical. I put it on the shelf, read the whole thing, especially the weather stuff and the portals and all that, and just put it to the side. This last five months or so, it's all been unlocked. I understand the weather stuff. I understand the portal stuff. I understand the whole book. I do. And it's not that complicated. It's just you have to be pure enough to understand certain concepts that are totally written in the Word and totally realities that God formed in this world. Especially the ephod, the breastplate of righteousness. <laughs> you have to understand high priesthood. You have to understand those gemstones. You have to understand the book of Revelation and the great wisdom. And you keep putting the word in until your understanding grows to a measure that God can train you in the same wisdom that our first fathers, Adam through Enoch, had. Remember, Enoch got back into the Garden of Eden and overcame death. So that means he had all the teaching and wisdom and understanding of how to conquer all the fallen angels, all sin, all death, all of it, and never die and be perfect exactly like Adam was, seventh from Adam. Okay? That's what the book of Enoch is. The book of Enoch is the book of the scribe of righteousness unraveling the mystery of iniquity and righteousness and the overcoming and conquering of death through those words. But if your spirit isn't wise enough, your mind not transformed enough, your faith isn't great enough, it's a sealed letter. Don't let the sealed letter frustrate you. You keep reading Colossians, Ephesians, Philippians, Galatians, Hebrews, Revelation, over and over, the whole New Testament, over and over and over and over, until your spirit man is built up angelic enough. I really believe that your inner man becomes an angel like the age of 12. And at 12, in an, as an angel, you can begin to digest the great wisdom. Jesus is the angel of the Lord incarnate. At 12, he stood at the temple and confounded the elders of Israel with the Bible calls with wisdom. So there is a, there is a, there is a switch and a maturity of your spirit eating the word, bearing the fruit of the word, believing and obeying the word, and your inner man gets stronger and stronger and stronger. Your flesh gets weaker and weaker to sin and stronger and stronger in righteousness. He doesn't want your flesh weak. He wants your flesh strong in the Word and in the Holy Ghost. He doesn't want your flesh sick. 
He wants your flesh as healthy as his Shekinah glory burning through you all the time. Everything else goes. Your flesh must be as strong as your spirit, otherwise you're into evil spirits. Okay? Now, this whole thing overcoming death is about the quality of how much word is in the flesh. The word made flesh. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was, was God. He was with God in the beginning and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. It is written. Which means all this wisdom is transferred into your organs, into your heart, into your pancreas, into your liver, into your spleen, and into your brains into your bones and into your fingers there will be sparkles coming out of your fingernails you go to get your nails done you have supernatural glitter coming out of your supernatural dipped gel tips amen, amen. well and guys you go to the barber shop and all the gray hair goes away amen. all the bald spots go away your hair begins to manifest out of heaven and you begin to have totally different appearances in the glory. We're familiar through unbelief of burying the images of birds, beasts, and reptiles, Romans 1. You all got that already. You need no training in that. We've already done all that. That's all maxed out. What you need training in is burying the image in your countenance of God from glory to glory in different images of the living God, lion, eagle, ox, man, living creatures, wisdom, countenance, countenance, glory to glory. There will be an ever-increasing shine of the divine kind on the new wine coming through your mind. Amen. And your brain will release the same measure of glory of God and His Word. And every other thing in there that's conflicting and disagreeing with the word and me 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 i i i and my own name and my own cares wants desires my unbelief all your strongholds pet sins generational curses bloodline curses bone marrow curses all the the junk of the curse of the fall god progressively burns it out of your spirit soul and flesh this is a gospel for the flesh to be saved amen the word must be made flesh Wisdom will transfer oil into your bones and extract the poison of witchcraft and rebellion and sorcery and stubborn pride. Satan will no longer father any cell, molecule, or atom in you. Why? Because only the word in there, which is fathered by God, father of lights. If there's light of God's nature in your brain cells, you aren't getting fathered by demons in your brain anymore. You'll have angels all over your head constantly, myriads and myriads, because God's nature, his genetics, his sperm, has filled spirit, soul, and flesh, and you're his manifest child, sons of God, which is fathered by God with all his angels inside his kingdom constantly. But if, if Cain's seed and unbelief and doubt and darkness and lust and pride and all the wickedness of greed and idolatry and the love of money and all that wickedness is anywhere in you, that mixture, you're at war in your own valley of what's getting developed in your spirit, soul, and flesh. So we need the Word of God to come forth from the mountain and completely charge you with conviction and repentance to change and under a microscope remove from your life anything defiling you. 
every day. There must be repentance every day. There must be a, a removing of the world, love, lust of the world, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life, further and further away, and God's world, which is the world of his word, King of kings and Lord of lords, rising in you and getting stronger and stronger every day to every molecule, atom, and element of your flesh, bone, marrow, brain, heart, blood. All your blood will change. You know, there's been tokens of this throughout the ages. John G. Lake, they put babonic plague on his hand. And he was so consecrated, under a microscope, they photographed the bubonic plague dying on his hand. Because he had different blood through consecration of the Word of God. You will change. This works. I have tested this against death my whole life. It's true. I have tested this against all the fallen angels, all the demons, and all the evil spirits, and all wicked men, and all wicked women my entire life. The gospel is King of Kings and Lord of Lords already just looking for people to bear its fruit in their bodies and just become garden houses of glory, to just become temples of the Word of God with no mixture of Cain and Cain's father and Cain's offspring. No evil spirits, no demons, no lies, and no devils. God's heavens, God's order, God's word, God's body, God's flesh, God's blood, God's spirit, God's will, God's pleasure, God's wisdom, and nothing else. And you're just living in God, and the enemy is so far away from you spiritually, mentally, morally, and physically, you are literally in Eden above and Eden below all the time. You're literally in a perfect heaven through consecration of the Word of God and a perfect earth all the time. And through that internal transformation, it produces automatically an external transformation and the new earth shall appear and Cain's seed will no longer kill, steal, and destroy from the Christians or the saints anymore. There will be no more drunk on the blood of the saints. There will be no more wickedness killing, stealing, and destroying those pressing into the Word of God in its presence and power. For they have overcome the evil one and the red dragon was thrown down into the Dead Sea. They have conquered the heavens, the inner man, and they've conquered the earth, the outer man. And both are made new and perfect through all God's holy Word in your hearts and in your minds. In your hearts means in your heavens, in your minds, in your earthly realm, in your spirit, your invisible man, your angel, and in your flesh, your temple of the Holy Ghost. And all those realms get perfected in the perfect covenant. Now, in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>
in your left shoulder and your right shoulder. You have angels assigned to all of you. Ask your holy angels what you are to do in a financial response of partnering financially with Red Letter Ministries and begin obeying financially. Where you sow, there you grow. Where your money is, Jesus Christ said in the Red Letters, there your heart or your spirit would be also. That's why God only receives cheerful giving from the spirit, the heart, because you're investing in eternal spiritual realities of the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Just worship his majesty unto Jesus be all glory, power, and praise. Yes, Lord, we acknowledge you as the sacrifice, the great sacrificial lamb. We thank you, Lord God, for the blood that you shed for us. We thank you, O oh Lord God, for the great mercies and blessings that you, that you showered upon our lives. But tonight, Lord, we want to see you not as a lamb, but we want to worship you as that lion of Judah, the king above all kings thank you thank you for your presence we bow before you we acknowledge you we honor you as king of kings and lord of lords so
majesty Worship His majesty Jesus who died 